Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Uh, Joe, this is being recorded the morning after World Series 2016. I'll tell you, the uh, entire free world is talking about baseball and uh, the Chicago Cubs. As they should. You know, it's it's always interesting. You know, we talk about sports all the time, and I've worked in newspapers, and it's referred to as the toy department. But anybody who thinks that baseball doesn't matter was not watching not inside the lines, but the people who are watching the game or on social media. It was incredible. Uh, again, neither of us are Cub fans, and I mean, I spent the entire evening of my night last night from 6:30 until 1:30 this morning, uh, you know, watching the broadcasts and watching the different shows, and to help a little bit with this show. But just it was you know, when you know when there's a sense of history. You kind of get right. that if you're if you I think if you're in the know, and I think last night was a sense of history with the Cubs winning and a great game, an epic game, and uh, incredible. And if you haven't heard, the, some of the ratings are coming through. In Cleveland, it was a 48-6 rating right. with a 69 share, which right. is in, incredible. And in Chicago's TV. even more. Chicago, 51.2 rating right. and a 71 share. When you get over a 70 share, you're reaching like proportions that haven't been seen in a while. So, uh, you know, unbelievable. I, Overall, I, 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 think, I heard that that was an historic one uh, um, ratings for yeah. a local market. Yeah, local, it's unbelievable. 71. When basically seven out of every 10 TVs are turned to something in a market as big as Chicago. It's oh, my incredible. God. What the hell were the other people watching? I don't know. That'd be at work, I would think. <laughs> Something like that. I saw where Fox, you know, between Tuesday night and Wednesday night, raised their prices per commercial from $400,000 to $500,000. In one night in they did one that? one night they raised them because wow. there was a few openings. And obviously, I think Hillary Clinton bought them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm glad we didn't see too many political ads on there it was that spoiled it whenever i saw any of those so incredible uh, overall right now they're the first overnight ratings nationwide are a 25-2 which means one out of four tvs were tuned to it and i right. still think that's probably not correct but yeah you know, nielsen is, is I, weren't is. they projecting somewhere around 35 to 40 million people watch it we're going to watch it and it may be i think it's going to inch up to 50 to 52 which would be the biggest game in major league baseball history yeah. from numbers of people watching. now let's talk about this you're a baseball fan i'm a baseball fan in terms terms of games rank this in your you know your top two or three or is it is it number one a lot of people said it's the number one game of all time I disagree but it's definitely in my top five well you know it, I, I think I, Kirk Chin this morning said something really great he called it the imperfect masterpiece because uh, it wasn't a well played game no, no there were some well there were some excellent things done in the game but it was not you know Don Larson throwing a perfect game in 1956 you know or anything like that um, it, I, I don't know that if I were a Cub fan right now, it's clearly my number one game of all time. But as non-sports fans, like you're saying, God, it, it, if it's not up there, it's in the top three or four, don't yeah. you think? I mean, yeah. what, what, what? For me, Francisco Cabrera sliding home in the '91 National League Championship Series is still the pivotal moment in my baseball life. Uh, and I've been to a couple World Series games in person, but that still, watching your right. team advance to the World Series was incredible. Then Game 7 of that same World Series when we lost it to the Twins. I think I know what the Indians fans are going through today, I can tell you. Right. You know, you felt like, man, you left it on the field, but you lost. That's was that I the felt. series where Kirby Puckett hit that home run in Game 6 to or extend it? Or more importantly, it? it's, the, it's the World Series where... 
Kent Herbeck picked up Ron Gann at first base, <laughs> and the umpires looked the other way and wouldn't call him safe like he should yeah, be. Yeah, uh, but oh, Not yeah. that I have a grudge. Or oh, anything. sure. I mean, hometown fans never have a grudge, right? But it's an awesome day for the Cubs. Let's I, talk a little bit about the broadcast. Uh, you know, Joe Buck, for some reason, has been the, 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 the just the vocal point of Cubs disdain and again I went in there really looking for stuff that he was doing that was anti-Cubs I was too. in game six and seven did you see it did you hear it you know I was actually trying to take some notes towards the end of the game going what did he say and he's you know one time he was talking about Kyle Hendricks getting taken out after the 63 pitches and he's questioning that which was justified I think too many people I think are focusing on negative sometimes the next day and that would have been probably the story but yeah, you know, it's it's a tough call until you're in that spot. I mean, I was no, questioning that taking uh, Kendricks. Out. I was too, and I don't know a tenth of what Joe Madden knows, and a few people do. But yeah. well, and, and you have to bring it up as an announcer when, when you have to when you've given up one run and you're pitching great, and you, you're, you, the coach takes you out as an announcer. I don't care who you are, you have to question that call by Madden, and it almost bit him in the you know what. So. Oh my goodness! And you know, and the, that rain delay. When they were doing that, Joe Buck did such a professional job of summarizing everything that had come to that point and then kicking it down to people down there. We're talking about the crew chiefs. Yeah. I thought it, he, he was exceptional. I thought he was Don't exceptional. You? I thought he was great. I thought Smoltz was great. I think Cub fans were overreacting. I think probably is you hear the name Buck, you think Jack Buck, and I know you think Cardinals. They've got a, and it's a, it's a complete generational separation there. But you know, you you hear Buck, you think Cardinals. Well, Joe Buck doesn't work for the Cardinals. Hasn't in a long time. No, not at all. Um, and I met Joe Buck when he worked for the Cardinals many many years ago, and he's been a national broadcaster way since then. And uh, I, I disagree with Cub fans, but you know, hey, they, I don't think they care as much now that they won. No, not at all. I, I mean, there's a reason he's doing baseball for Fox Sports. You know, he's the best in the business. I think for play by play. Yeah. Maybe there's one or two others that are close but and then John Smoltz really came out as the star uh, a guy that really hadn't had the the national prominence as an uh, as an analyst and he had he, he was spot on I mean he would tell you right. what was coming almost every pitch he, I was amazed yeah I, at first I was wondering why he was getting on uh, was it Rajay Davis who made that high throw to the plate yeah which I thought was an exceptional throw and yeah, a tough one, but he's going, nah, I should have thrown earlier. And it was kind of interesting because I heard Pete Rose later say the very same thing. And I think someone who came out of this as a star is maybe A-Rod. A-Rod and Pete Rose both came off knowing baseball. And, and, and I think they broke it down to simple terms where the regular fan gets it and understands it, and they, they kind of said what it was. Now, Frank Thomas, kind of he's the one I thought was kind of the one that kind of was the awkward part of that broadcast because he would right. say things that you're, you look like, what, what, was it? what, what do you mean <laughs> there? And, but A-Rod and, and Pete Rose made it simple. I like that. Well, it was interesting because I think it was in Sports Illustrated. Ben Ryder wrote a piece about A-Rod and saying this is the first time you know people actually saw to like him. Yeah. Uh, but they talked to Phil Hughes, who's a pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, and he said this was no surprise because after games, he would go look at it and he goes, he's never been around a baseball player that would look at a pitch and say, oh, they need to throw this there. And when they do throw it, it's effective. And he was saying the same things last night. He was nailing it. He was talking about Chapman because everybody wanted to rip on Chapman, especially if you're a Cubs fan. Yeah. But this guy's been pitching how many days in a row? Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, and, I wouldn't have brought Chapman in when they did either. I, I thought they should have brought him in in the next inning and let Lester finish that one, and I think that threw Chapman off. And then when he went to the ninth, he was fine. 
Right. They had the clean inning, as they call it. It's a new term they use. Clean inning and spin clean the ball. In. Well, well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago, Jason Anderson, our baseball coach here, yep. talked to my class. And, and I was asking him, I said, What's the, why, why do some guys throw through a 90 or 92? They can't hit it. But some people can rip that like Chapman's 97. And, and, and him being a former pitcher and even pitched for the yep. Yankees at one point, uh, said, really, it's about the spin rate, you know, which has become a big metric for yeah. covering sports. Very good. Um, World, Seri- World Series ticket prices were astronomical, and I think that hurt the Indians last night because I think some Indian fans realized, hey, I can pay for my Christmas, my rent, and my car by selling these tickets to Cubs fans who are coming from across the country to see these games. <laughs> but then when you got – it was almost like being at Wrigley last night with the amount of fans, so yeah. I understand why you would sell your tickets, but it really did hurt the Indians. They did not have home field advantage last oh, night. Oh, not even close. At one point, you know – this this is this has been interesting because my daughters grew up with being Yankee fans and watching the game and the whole family was sitting there watching the game last night and one of the things they mentioned was why are there so many people cheering and it's because at least what do you think maybe half the people there had to be Cub fans it seemed a lot and they, and they were a lot louder of course when you get up early you're always going to be louder than when you're nervous like that but still yeah you're right and I that that was a little disappointing if I was a Cleveland fan because they sure. had some success this year with Cavaliers and obviously team getting to Game Seven of the World Series. Uh, but you can't really blame a person if they're gonna if they could sell a hundred dollar ticket for twenty thousand dollars and I saw it went up to a twenty four thousand yeah, three hundred. I mean, how would or you something. not? I mean, you're you're paying for Christmas, you're paying for your vacation, you're paying you know loans off. So I get it; it makes sense. I can't imagine turning down twenty four thousand dollars for a ticket. I it think I'd be. go across the street and watch it in the bar. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. One of the things I also want to commend is Terry Francona. I I don't know if you got to see his post game. Yeah, interview. so absolutely. Post game interviews are my favorite. And I will tell you, he came off is probably one of the classiest individuals I've seen in a post-game interview. Because usually there's a little bit of non-talk or just, you know, I don't really say anything. But he kind of said, hey, I left my team left on the field. I, I, I you know, I, I wish we would have won. And But the things he said came off great. He said it very clear and concise, answered every question from, and I can't remember which, which announcer was, was asking him the questions. You know, was it Rosenthal or? There were several. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean on the field yeah. or when oh. he was in his press conference? Yeah. Off the field, right after before oh, the press okay, conference, yeah, and yeah. he asked, he he did a great job. I mean, and I thought it was it was nice of him to, to do that, and you know, and even Joe Madden had to answer some tough questions last night. Madden, you know, did did well, but it's a lot more fun when you get you and you're pouring champagne over your head answering. Oh, questions. Oh, sure, than, absolutely. He's uh, got well, Ver, he and Verducci both do a really yeah. great job. You've got really two guys who are two of the best baseball writers, and 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 that's the difference between baseball and football. Yep. The sideline reporters there typically are new people who are inexperienced. They're called eye candy, Joe. Just well, it. yeah, I know, and that, exactly that's how they tend to be hired. Um, although some of them, they're good and that the Pam, they're, they're good uh, at that. And it's awesome. not that women can't do it. Of course, women could do it, but you're hiring two of the best. Verducci is one of the best writers. Uh, Rosenthal, one of the best writers, and they ask great questions to the crew chief of the umpire, to to uh, Tito after the game, all those different people. And and and, and asking the uh, you know the different uh, players, and you know when they when it was Verducci was talking to David Ross, and the and the Cubs players just came and swooped him up right. and took him off. Grandpa you know, Ver, Verducci got it. He just shut up and just let it the, let the moment happen. So there's some really great moments from the media as well as the, obviously the broadcast. I thought was really well. The only thing I would be disappointed in if I was Fox is sometimes they would get back 
right at the last possible second, and a pitch should be being thrown. Well, five hundred thousand. Yeah. Didn't you hear that? Yeah, five hundred thousand, right? <laughs> and they almost missed Baez's home run because they were, you know, kind of goofing around with some promos, and all of a sudden right. Baez hits a home run. So, I, a little bit of, you know, they could clean up the broadcast a little bit, but you know, oh, you, absolutely. But uh, you know, you got to get all the sponsors in. I get that, uh, but uh, that would be my, if I had one negative, it would be that they they really did have trouble getting back uh, to some of the you know play from break time. If you want to look at it that way, uh, other things happening uh, around the World Series that you saw. Well, yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I don't. I was jumping from maybe you were too. I went to the MLB Network, um, and I went to uh, I ESPN, Comcast, and then of course Fox, Fox and trying to get that. Um, but one thing I wanted to come back to: you talked about how um, how Tito after the game was talking, uh, Francona was talking yeah. really humbly and articulately. This is the third manager in a row after a loss that has impressed me. Buck Showalter did the very same thing. John Gibbons of the Blue Jays did the very same thing. I don't know if it's baseball, which is a humbling game where you fail more than you succeed. I mean, if you succeed, what, three out of ten times, yeah. you're an all-star. Um, I wonder if baseball cultivates that more than other sports. Well, and they deal with the media more in baseball on a daily basis. You sure. think about a football, there's a, there's a media day during the week, a media day that they meet with the national media on Saturday, and then after the game on Sunday, where in, in baseball it's day in, day out, beat riders, national stuff on the national game. So they probably are a little bit more polished than football. Um, and then in basketball, I think they kind of they, they really try to avoid the media as much as possible. And, and it, you know, the Popovich stuff comes in. So. Uh, well, if, of the shows you watch, which one jumped out to you most? Well, you, I, you when enjoyed? I scanned last night, I tried to stay with Fox because I figured that you know that I thought they I was giving them the opportunity, but I switched. Same here. Uh, Major League Baseball Network was okay. Uh, I wasn't. A, I didn't like the people they had on. I can't remember who they were at the top of my head right now. Uh, what was it? Uh, Am Singer, Reynolds, and Lighter. Yeah, I, I can't stand Lighter. I'm sorry. You can't, oh, no. why, why don't you like about just, him? He just, he just comes off kind of just jagged to me. I don't know. Not genuine. I guess we'd lack the best way to say it. Uh, I went a little bit because Scott Van Pelt was Scott Van Pelt on ESPN, who's I think is. One of the only reasons to watch ESPN in oh, some instances was on. He did a really good job with some of his stuff, so that was impressive. He uh, came into that. I, I thought what was interesting, though, was after the game when they had that uh, booth or whatever they had on the field yeah. with everybody, when Madden came over and all the other different players, they seemed far more relaxed. Because I don't know if it was because they deal with MLB a little bit more. I think but, probably, yeah. But, but Ben Zobrist, I don't know if you got to see him talking. He is so articulate and talked so well and calmly and engaged and funny and you know I can see this guy being an announcer and an a- analyst someday. What don't I you? liked about him was when the when the Chevrolet guy gave him his keys. You know most of those guys just say okay thanks whatever. He was genuinely excited and here's a multimillionaire who got a brand new car which by the way was really a rock solid car if you if you saw the black Camaro. But he was who actually excited. like a black Camaro. He was right? excited. He goes I can't wait to drive it. You know he put the keys in the pocket. Usually they'll just you know not worry about it. So there's some interesting things that Zobrist did. And then when they were taking pictures with the Chevy, uh, with the, the Camaro later on Zobrist, it was interesting too. So he, he was really hamming it up there and his, had, of course, had his beautiful wife next to him taking some some great photos on right, the right, so right. They did, you know, And they, they showed that. And that's the kind of stuff I like to see after the game, some of the fun stuff. Because, you know, the interviews are pretty much after a while they they all kind of say the same thing. You know, we, we're, you know, we're good, epic game, blah, blah, blah. Right, 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 right. The, you know, the ins and outs and stuff. So it was, it was fun. Madden was, uh, he's sort of like half mathematician and half hippie. You know? I will say, there was a couple of times when Fox broke to him during the game when it was 6-6, six to six, he did have that look of scared in his eyes. You know, I thought for a couple of times, he's like, oh, goodness, did I screw this thing up? And, you know, there was some, I mean, he he, he had he was going to be questioned big time if they would have blown that game. Oh, yeah, because he, he lost a game to the Red Sox when he was a Rays manager. I think they were up five or six at one point, and, yep. you know, being that close. Well, 
you know, when you're trying something different, you're going to be questioned. When you succeed, you're a genius. When you're not, you're an idiot, right? Yeah. At least that's how they're portrayed. Now, I'll I'll put you on the spot here. I thought the the play of the game happened in the 10th inning. Which one? Uh, oh, I know what it was. Tag it first. Deep th- yeah, I was. I mean, my wife got up this morning. She actually, she's a baseball fan, but not to the to the level we are. So I wake up and she gets up at six, and I pop up too. And she goes, "What happened last night?" I said, "Well, let me tell you about the play." <laughs> I told my son, my oldest son, last night. I said, "If they would have given the most valuable player to Almaro for that one play only, I would have been a hundred percent behind it." You just do not see that. That I mean, was heads up for such a young ball and player. And Smoltz got it, nailed it, great. And I, in fact, I didn't even. I was assuming that he was just going back to first, and when, the, when Smoltz and Buck both said he tagged, and then Smoltz explained that you know seven out of ten guys wouldn't even think to do yeah, that. Yeah, right. I was like, that might right there may be the play that we remember out of this World Series, and that's the play that I'm going to take away from a baseball coach and a, and a sports fan is, wow, because then they, he gets the second, they walk Rizzo, and then, you know, Zobris, you know, wraps it up. So I Yeah, mean, I definitely, I agree. Yeah. Those are the plays that, you know, the, little the fan thing. likes those things. It's like breaking up a double play in the third inning and it allows a run. Because if, if, if he doesn't get second, they don't walk they don't the want next Rizzo. battle. And then, and then Zobris doesn't hit that double down yeah. the line. and Everything cha- could have changed right there. Absolutely. That, that was the play of the game. That kid... Uh, he earned him a he earned a special spot in World Series lore. He won't be remembered as the star of the series, but true Cub fans and true baseball fans will never forget that play. That was a pretty awesome play by um, Almaro. I can't think of his first name. I'll... Know who know who that really reminded me of? And, and as a Yankee fan, I hate to admit it. The Yankees are up three games to one in the ALCS back in 2004. Mariano Rivera's on the line, and they put in a pinch runner, Dave Roberts, the manager well, now right. yeah. of the Dodgers. Yeah, and that. That was yeah, very you guy similar, similar stole plus. second and turned the whole game around, and before you know it, the Yankees got knocked out, and the Red Sox the were other, champs. The other thing of the broadcast I thought was real cool, and this is me being a weirdo again, is right after the the Cubs win, they play a classic Budweiser Harry Carey commercial. Did you see it? I I missed it because. Oh. I was I was jumping up on my computer. I can see the other room from it, but I I, I heard oh, about it afterwards. It was so cool. It took it took you back uh, to the you know the late '80s when Harry was there, uh, and it was really done. And you could just I, I, it was one of those jaw dropping moments that Budweiser did that. And kudos to Anheuser Busch and uh, and I, I'm assuming the Carey family for allowing the that to happen. It was really really well done. Uh, Sports not, Sports Center had a commercial this morning. If you notice, I was oh, but the the, Z, the when they wiped the thing off. Yes, I, Rob Calhoun, our morning guy on the radio, told, uh, had had a link to it on our Twitter page, and I went and saw. Oh, yeah, really good. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I don't know, Lebertard or Mike and Mike or something, and I saw that. I thought that was awesome. Yep. So. Uh, Again, the Cubs really have, you know, really caught the fancy of the American public, and uh, Fox won, baseball won, and if you look at the Monday Night Football ratings from Monday night, down another 18%. Yeah. So, Can you imagine if last night's game were on a up? Thursday against tonight's football game? Oh, Buccaneers, Falcons, no one would care. <laughs> I, I, I could, you know, I'm well, Cowboys-Eagles got crushed, yeah. you know, from it, you know, earlier. So yeah, baseball uh, captured it. I I told somebody last night. I, I'm glad the Cubs won for the, my Cub fan friends, but I really wish it was like best of thirteen. <laughs> Just oh, keep going. Oh my God! And, and is I think you talked about this. The other day. I mean, is there anything better than a game seven in any sport? No, any sport. No. You know, I had somebody saying, "I'm glad that my team isn't in there because I don't think it can handle this indigestion." 
situation right now and I'm going, oh my God, hell yeah, I want to be in that situation. I want I want to suffer. <laughs> my friend who's a big Cubs fan, I talked to him a lot in the mornings, said, how did you survive the 90s with the Braves? I said, it was horrible. I tell everybody it was great, but it was horrible. Every game you just live and die and then, you know, the Braves lost so many games in the 90s in the, in the World Series and playoffs that it's tough. It's it's agony until you win it and, uh, and the Cubs won it last night and uh, I saw only 14 people got arrested in Chicago. Not bad, and there was really no major damage. So right. kudos to Chicago for not doing anything stupid. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of people just hovering around that stadium right there. Yeah. Uh, I was also interested in today, you know, when, in sports writing, we talk about some of the great writing of all time. Shirley Povich, you know, Maury's dad, yep. wrote this great piece in the uh, on Don Larson's perfect game 60 years ago. You know, this is on your field guide. I read some of this. Yeah, right. sports yeah. field yeah. guide. If you want to check out, I write regularly about sports on there. He writes, the million to one shot came in. Hell froze over. A month of Sundays hit the calendar. Don Larson today pitched a no hit, no run, no man reached first game in a World Series. And then goes on to talk about it. It was all these cliches, but he did it so creatively. But he was writing to an audience that in 1956 wasn't watching a whole lot. Whereas today, sports writing has changed so much. And Ronald Bloom, who, who, who writes it for the AP, just had an amazing lead on it. It was one, I think, that matched the histor- historical um, consequence, I mean, uh, situation of this game. And I think this will actually carry on for about two weeks. It will, it's not going to end. Like some, sometimes a team wins a championship. There's a couple days celebration, and then ah, whatever you move on in your life. I think this Cubs thing and the, and the, and the fandom is going to carry through for a few weeks. Yeah, oh, now, unlike oh. other sports that you know don't. Oh, absolutely. This is this is a story, and, and by next year, of course, it'll no, no longer be the lovable Cubs. Yeah. it's those you know they're going to have the target on their backs next the, year. Those idiots that we hate that because they're going to be in it. This this is a team that's a lot like the Yankees in the '90s. The Cubs have a really good problem. They have too many good players. They do have because a lot of good players. You think about it. You know, Schwarber. Where are they going to put him next year? You know, you got Fowler, you got Soler, you got Hayward, you got. You've got so many outfielders, and you got so many players. I don't know what they're going to do. I say they trade Soler. I think they're going. I wonder because so, they're not. They're not letting Schwarber go. No, he's Dexter he's Fowler showed his 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 importance. Maybe Hayward goes, even though he's important. Yeah, there. I don't know how you're going to? Who's going to eat that salary though? Well, they'll maybe eat part of it. And maybe ship your Yankees out. would eat that. No, <laughs> the Yankees are the new look Yankees. But they're I going. Think, they're going young. But I will say this: what the media did break last night during the game is Jason Hayward, who was absolutely horrendous at the plate. He's the one during the rain delay that right. called the team together and said, hey, we're not done. Let's get this together. So, And I wouldn't thought of Hayward as a team leader on that team, but he stepped up in a crucial moment, and, and he, it was a players-only meeting and during the rain delay and said, we're going to do this. So, And all the players commended him for that. So uh, he didn't have the great – he didn't have – he had a horrible uh, experience. I was glad play. to see him come through the last couple of games yeah. because by all accounts, he seems like a stand-up guy. He's a great defender. Um, I would have had him bunt in the ninth <clears throat> inning, by the way. I would have got another run across because he obviously wasn't hidden. I said, hey, let's bunt. I was wondering about that, too. So, interesting. So, what, what's one or two images you take away? I mean, nowadays we watch games visually as much as, and then afterwards we read about them. So, that game you're watching. There were two that jumped out for me, but what's one or two that jumped out for you, maybe? How it started, because I told so many people yesterday that <clears throat> the Cubs have to get a lead. And for Fowler to lead off with that home run, I thought that set the table that the Cubs are here to play, yep. and it got the crowd out of it on the Indian side. Oh, definitely amped them up, yeah. What about you? Uh, two, and they were both in the last inning, actually, and uh, maybe that's cliche, but when I saw Chris Bryant running in and I'm watching, my daughter's going, is he smiling? He's smiling right, yeah. before he picks up the ball knowing he's damn well going to get this out. Even though his foot slipped, I'm getting it. Yep. And then right after that, 
before the celebration, Rizzo comes out, throws the ball, pops it in his back pocket, and then jumps into the fray there. Yeah. Rizzo kept that ball, which now it'll be a fight, whether it's his or whatever. That's always That always happens. Right, because it, wasn't it Kevin Millar when Kevin the Red Millar. Sox won the first one? Yeah, he yeah. put it in his pocket. So, yeah, that was a good. And then I'll, the, the, I think I'll still take Almaro tagging up as the, as the key, key play. Key play. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree with you on that. And the other thing is, I, I was so happy that the Cubs won game six because we got game seven. So the overall thing is get to game seven. Have you ever felt just a palpable, just all day yesterday, no matter who you talk to. You don't watch the game night? You don't watch the game night? It didn't matter if you're a Cubs hater, Cubs fan, uh, not even a baseball fan. Everybody, I don't know how the ratings were only at 50% when you think about it. Oh. Because I don't know anybody who didn't watch. No, I mean, if, if you didn't watch, you have no interest in sports. And this was the game of the year, if not the day. Certainly in Illinois, the, the game, I mean, it's the greatest. Sorry, White Sox fans, yeah. but it's this was a much better game. The White Sox didn't have that kind of a series. Greatest baseball game since two thousand one for sure. When the Yankees and was it Yankees Marlins? Yeah, bring I, that up again. Thanks. I'm sorry. I, no, thanks. I'm just saying. I'll tell you games. what. That series is the last one. I agree because that game six was amazing too. Because yeah. in game six is when Derek Jeter hit hit that home run to extend it to game seven. Yep. Became Mister November, and then that game seven. It was sad that the Yankees lost, but man, that was a. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think there's been one. I no, agree with the, you. The, the, you know, the other there's been good World Series, but that's the one. I guess the, you could say the Cardinals Ranger when the Cart Rangers had two chances to win it and choked, but. That was certainly the saddest yeah. I've ever seen. People <laughs> yeah. on the edge of the well, dugout you, were about to win in game six. Yeah, one so. pitch away. Yeah. There you go. All right, I think we covered enough for the World Series. This has been the Sports and Media Show with Jeff. He's Joe. Hey. We gonna, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. After We can't top this. Yeah, well, I guess the NFL, if anybody's watching. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good week. We hope you enjoyed the sports media show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.